No problem. Just rush hour. Welcome back to Cinema 7. Uh, today I'm joined by Chris Hawk. What up? And uh, it's just Chris Hawk and I. Um, and John Kenoki in the future. John Kenoki in the future. Uh, he'll be adding his thoughts, contributing his uh, opinions. This is John Kenoki. Through um, a recording he recorded himself because he did not have the time to uh, you know, talk with us. So uh, I'll be adding those in. That's going um, can't wait to be... I can't wait to hear. I mean, I already did, right? Yeah. Yep, we already did. And it was great. Thank you, John. It was great. <laughs> so um, this is take two. Um, if you don't know or by now what take two is, uh, take two is basically where uh, we, Cinema 7, take a look at um, movies that have been out for a while. Um, or, you know, we take a look back on movies that we've seen that we want to take a second look on. You know, uh, movies that we had strong opinions about, you know, just to, I don't know, like I said, take a second look, you know, uh, is there anything else? This is the rewatch. Rewatch. Yep. It's like a, other episode, you know, other podcasts have like throwback episodes, which is basically almost the same where they look back on, you know, movies, you know, all kinds, I don't know, usually it's like a throwback or a, or like a flashback or something they call it but you know for us it's take two and uh, it's very fitting because you know normal episodes are basically our take so you know take two for some of the older movies but today we're doing rush hour we're going to be talking we me and hawk rewatched rush hour the Um, movie not the tv show is there a tv show yeah you didn't know this no i did not know this yeah it's it's okay so yeah we we uh the the original first Rush Hour movie with uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. We're going to be talking about it. Um, we're talking about some uh, controversial things we're going to bring <laughs> up. And, and um, we're going to be talking about if it's considered a classic or if it's iconic. Um, I just want to get these right off the bat. Uh, there's the ratings online. For the first Rush Hour movie, uh, for Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, it is uh, 60%. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't realize it was so middle of the road. Yeah. Because I thought, I thought this movie did fantastic in theaters. I, I mean, people, I thought people loved this movie. Yeah, I thought people loved this movie, too. I, I don't think I've, any, I've heard anyone say, like, oh, Rush Hour, that movie sucks. Like, I've never heard anyone say that. Yeah. It's like how everyone loves chocolate ice cream. Everyone likes Rush Hour. <laughs> um, that's my story. The, I'm sticking the to. audience score, though, is seventy-eight uh, percent. That's that's more in line of what I I see everyone. Yeah, yeah. I IMDb's uh, at like a six point nine, something around there. I rate all movies that I've seen on IMDb a ten out of ten. I'm really? That, I, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you think this is a agreeable grading? Like around this area, 
I, like a, I would from a sixty um, to a seventy. Sixty to a seventy. I would say the the quality of this movie exceeds that because this movie does look good for a twenty year old movie. I don't know if you were paying attention to like the the sh- um what is it? What the word? It was. It looks like it could have been filmed today. Yeah, I, I think it. I honestly think. Like this is gonna sound weird, but I think it looks like a movie to me. Like it's it's so the- theatrical looking still. Like it's it's not super digital or CG. Like it, it the it it um it just looks very cinematic looking in in a like an I don't know if that makes any sense. Like a cinematic looking um I I think the shots give it that. I think it I think it's got a lot of uh, great shots. It's I think it's un- um not looked at it like that, but I, I feel like. If you take the time to see some of the uh, cinematography or camera work, it, you you'll start to notice how um, theatrical it looks. Let's talk about the mechanics of some of these action shots, Mario, and how they always draw you towards the center. And I don't know if I've noticed this so much in any other movie yet, but mm-hmm. in this movie, it just feels like Brett Ratner directed in such a way that the focal point of the action in every single scene is almost dead center and mm-hmm. and it's it's great i love it a lot because sometimes you they will share action will share the screen screen and it will happen on both sides but i feel like he he centered the action so that way you'd see it happening directly in the center of the shot and i don't know if this is i'm pretty sure this happens in a lot of other movies but this movie just he did it so much i was like i i kind of like i love this I love these shots that he's doing where it's very centerized. Everything happens in the center of the movie. Yeah, I don't know if that was him or um, possibly Jackie Chan because I know Jackie Chan had full control of uh, and creative liberties with the stunts. Uh, That's pretty fantastic that he's able to do that. And Jackie Chan is just such a legend. Such a legend. I feel like, honestly, I would say personally for me that this movie is above an eight in my opinion. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I, to me, it's just such a iconic movie, you know, besides some of the other, some of the things we'll talk about, but, um, I think it's considered a classic. Like it's got a lot of memorable lines, a lot of questionable lines. Um, but it's got a lot of memorable scenes too. I think for these movies, I think they have to be called like, they have to be part of a legendary status where they don't get a rating. It's just that they're, they're almost timeless, and we uh, we grade them on almost their rewatchability instead of like a scale because these movies are just. I think they transcend a score. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this is apparently the first big like American based film that Jackie Chan was a part of, and it's like one of the first. Uh, it's the uh, it's probably most likely the first. Uh. American movie where he speaks English for the first time. I believe he was in a couple others, but they were kind of low budget in a way. And they were Rumble in the Bronx. I don't know. Was Rumble in the Bronx American? Because I remember, I remember that very much. Um, And then what was it? Jackie Chan's first strike. Wasn't that American also? I don't, I I, I don't know. Because didn't his, he make those movies? Wasn't he the creative person behind those movies? And they maybe he distributed them over here? Well, I was wrong. Rumble in the Bronx is actually a Chinese movie. 
its original title is Hung Fang Cool. Would so, they change it when they... Uh, yeah. They just... Wow. Yeah. Huh. It's kind of weird. I know I just, I just read online that like he was in another American movie that was uh, provident, or um, not that it didn't do too well, but it, he apparently was dubbed because he didn't understand uh, English then or a lot of English enough. Um, I mean, I could see that happening. Did you know that Martin Lawrence was originally in mind for uh, Agent Carter? Um, Peggy Carter? No. um, I think this movie would have been completely different if you had Martin Lawrence uh, instead of Chris Tucker. I'll just name off some of the people that were also... Uh, in mind for the role. Can I? Can uh, I Eddie guess? Murphy? Can, can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess Will Smith. You were right. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. No. Okay. I didn't hold see on. That. Um, Denzel. I didn't see that either. Dang it. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Will Smith. Will Smith would have been. I think Will Smith would have done great. I just. Mm, Chris Tucker just owns the role, though. I yeah. just seek. Apparently, it did bring it to Eddie Murphy, and he turned it down for another movie. Probably Nutty Professor. Uh, Dave Chappelle was apparently in mind. Really, Dave Chappelle, and Tupac, <laughs> Tupac oh. Shakur. Do you think that? You, I've I've heard many times that Tupac has had has a seriously good humorous side, so I can. I could see that. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of claims that he was a definitely he like he definitely loved comedy and all that. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I I mean, I've seen Juice maybe once, and th- I think there was something else he was in that I might have seen. But that was so long. That was a long time ago. I don't really remember. I know they always say Tupac was up to be, or George Lucas wanted him to be um, Mace Windu. You know how cool that would have been for Tupac to be Mace Windu. Oh my goodness, it's been amazing, right? He he should have wrapped all his lines. Oh my god! Look, little Anakin. <laughs> he should, he would have done some crazy shit like that. Speaking of Tupac, all eyes on me. Is that um? How's that doing in the in the theater? It made like some. It made some money. I I forget the check, but it was it went Cars, Wonder Woman, then All Eyes on Me for the weekend box office. That's not bad. No, for a documentary. No. Biopic? Biopic, my bad. Biometric. I mean, the guy looks just like him. It could be a documentary. All right, I kind of want to see that movie. But, um, yeah, I think, I, moving on, moving back to uh, Rush Hour, I think you're right I, uh, that Chris Tucker kind of owned a role. Like, I, I, just, I don't see anybody else in that place. Um, I mean, they say Chris Tucker improvised, like, almost 90% of his lines. I bet, I bet he, he added his own flair on it because you, if you um, watched his, his um, stand-up special, he has a lot of, he's very passionate and he's very articulate also. So I'm pretty sure, I bet you he added his own personal touch on the lines. That's what I think. I just read that, um, I guess it was hard on Jackie Chan because, you know, he didn't fully understand a lot of English. So when I guess you know Chris Tucker's improvising his lines, I guess it was hard to react in some scenes. There's apparently there's rumors that Jackie Chan doesn't like the Rush Hour movies, 
And I think that's a false rumor. I just think that maybe these projects weren't necessarily the best that for um for Jackie to use his abilities on. Yeah. That's that's what I think I don't think he's ever come out and said that he's hating Rush Hour because those movies have done wonderful wonderful things for him in America and how yeah. we see and how we see Chinese leading roles. You know, Jackie Chan is a part of why, you know, of how far Chinese actors have gotten. He's he's definitely had some part in it. I mean, there's still a lot to I mean, there's still ways to go, let's be honest. I mean, uh, Donnie Yen is also breaking ground, I think, with that. He's helping break ground in a way. And, you know, especially, um, like, the Raid movies coming over here, you know, us getting foreign movies put into the theaters, I think, is uh, helping in a way. But, I mean, there's still ways to go like uh, with that. And I think Jackie Chan is kind of like a revolutionary, mm-hmm. you know, with some of his movies. I think I like the Rush Hours better than the Shanghai nude movies. I don't know. If you think the same, wow, Mario! Wow, um, I I would definitely say so. I I think the Shanghai Noon movie movies are way more slapstick than Rush Hour movies. Even though I see some slapstick in the Rush Hour movie, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I think the Shanghai Noon movies are more comedic than the Rush Hour movie. I think the Rush Hour movie is supposed. To, well, actually, they're both pretty comedic. Maybe. I would say Rush Hour is a little bit more serious than the Shanghai Noon movies, even though I did enjoy the Shanghai Noon movies. This honestly feels a lot like um, like a Beverly Hills Cop, or speaking of Eddie Murphy earlier, or mm-hmm. you know, a Lethal Weapon. I, I more so I can I can um, relate it to Lethal Weapon. I think in its like concept and style presentation. De- definitely. I feel like it's a little better. I think. I mean, I enjoy this better than Lethal Weapon, and that's you know probably going to irk a lot of people. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? The best part about this movie is it. It feels like a two-hour movie, but it's only like an hour and thirty minutes. I know. Like it. It. it I think that's part of the storytelling. Like I think, and the pacing. Like I, I think. Everything is coming at you like a mile, 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 like a mile a second. Every it, this movie is so fast-paced. It's it's. It's like it's the next and the next and ne- it didn't never gives up. And I was like, this has got to be a two hour movie. We're not going to be do- recording till like 10 o'clock. Nah, it's like it's only a 90 minute movie. And it feels like it doesn't it doesn't feel that short. It feels longer than that. I just feel like I, I agree. I, I feel like the storyline, the storytelling is fantastic. Like you, you follow the movie to the end with such like so so immersively and like the plot isn't rushed it's i feel like it's set up to perfectly for me do you know why jun tao wanted to steal that money why no i'm asking you why do you know why no i don't i mean maybe start a war because they keep saying that he's still he's collecting yeah it wasn't exactly clear why he wanted that money apparently just to redeem just to just to get the money back that he was that he lost but they really, it's never truly clear why he needs that money. This man, I think he already looks well off to begin with. I, I'm still not entirely clear why he needs $50 yeah. million. Dollars, why he needs, what is it, $20 million in 50s, $20 million in 20s, and $10 millions and $10 millions. I mean, that's pretty particular. Yeah, do you want any fives with that? 
Dude, that was that's. I'd love every single line that comes out of Chris Tucker's mouth. Mostly, most of them. Most of them. Do you do you want to touch on some of um the um the stereotypical or, or um not yes. so comfortable let's, lines? Let's do it. So when I I have watched this movie more times than I can count, and I'm usually not I I'm usually not the person that we watches movies over and over again because I I get bored very easily. So it's a special movie that's in that pantheon. So and this is one of those movies because my stepmom she loves this movie and she would put it on daily. So I would see many, many parts of this movie all the time. And so watching it from the beginning, you see the racial stereotypes that I never really caught or really didn't notice. And they kind of turned me off a little bit. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, back then, it makes sense because that's, that's what was funny back then. That's the type of humor that they wrote about. That's the type of things that they thought would sell. Nowadays, I do not think this movie, if released now, I think you would be seeing a ton of people doing tons of backlash against this. I don't think this, I think this movie would be a hot ticket for all I, I, the See, I, I agree. There's a lot of, there's a lot of those lines. I, I don't, I, I hardly noticed it, which is weird. Um, I don't know what that says about me or whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to, I, you know, I'm. You were immersed, Mario. You I was immersed. immersed, so it's it's hard to say. I think I think one that you brought to my attention that I do think was kind of was, you know, on that sensitive side or insensitive, I guess. You know, um, was when he says when he takes him to the Chinese theater, you know, to amuse him, and you know, they get questions from the one guy who's handing out uh, stuff. Star or, maps. Star, star maps. maps. Yeah. He says to him. Uh, just stay right here. Maybe you'll see one of your uh, cousins walking around. I thought that was, you know, that was a little. Uh, it was definitely discriminatory. And then he yeah. goes, he, when he goes into the mart, he goes, what do you want to eat? A cup of noodles, stuff like that. And then you have the FBI guys calling him a chunking cop. I was like, I was, I was like, what? Well, the cup of noodles, I feel like. It, it's just stereotypical. That's stereotypical. Yeah. Not, I mean, it's still a racial stereotype. But it's, it's not. It's, it's just weird that I just, I'm just now noticing it, just now noticing it. He does say to the villain at the end, I'm going to kick your sweet and sour ass, which I mean, is, it's, um, a, it's a line that works in the movie, in the frame of the movie, Tuck, uh, Tucker saying it, Tucker, Carter saying it to Jun, uh, the, uh, Jun Talalaki. but it's, it's, yeah, it's bad. I, I, do you do you think this movie would be posterized for being released today? Because I, I I I do. I think I don't know because I feel like, in my opinion, that Chris Tucker is kind of, you know, not only um, the representation of, you know, African American community of being presented as not given a lot of opportunities in his wheel. Uh, uh, field of work, but he's also mm-hmm. kind of, you know, um, overconfident. And he causes a lot of trouble. He's very clumsy. So, I mean, I can take it two different ways there. Um, he's also he also could be the representation of America, like us not understanding foreigners. You know what I yeah. mean? He's definitely he's definitely like an over he's a, he's a over characterization of black people in America of how 
other people of how like other races might see a black person. He's definitely a racial stereotype in that. Yeah. But if, I mean, if he improvised some of his lines, I, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know if, you know, what is movie and what is him. I think he's going for the laugh 20 times, to- 10 times, 10 out of 10, because he, he does come from comedic backgrounds. So, and, and they're from, they're of the, the, um, the mantra that a joke is a joke. So. Yeah, that's what um, I think. It's it's not really a big deal for me in this movie because it's it's mostly harmless. It's they, not. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, mostly they do, harmless. They do um, get a better understanding of each other, which I feel like if you if you look at it that way, it's kind of a journey of two people who don't understand each other's cultures, and then mm-hmm. you know, once they are in kind of the the Chinatown area or or wherever they are. Um, with all the with the restaurants or Juntao is, Ta-ta. excuse me. Um, you could you could see how him trying the food and you know actually them talking to each other and learning about each other's backgrounds. You know, there's kind of similarities there where they have, you know, the the dad who is in the police force and you know and they and they both kind of want to be their father in a way and they both want to, you know, do good and you know. Th- you know, they want to do good, and, and I think them learning each other and, you know, especially Chris Tucker trying the food and how he's trying, he says he's going to show him soul food and stuff like that, I, I think that's them bonding, and I think that's them tr- more understanding each other, and I, I, I feel like it's more metaphorical if you think about it that way. Yeah, it's just that the rest, every single rush hour afterwards gets almost progressively worse stereotyping. I can see that with the second one in a way because I mean they, they go, go to, to China. He goes to, yeah, they go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. But but I don't know if if that was them wanting to go to Hong Kong or see I don't know I have to watch the second one now. But we I, I always felt like they were good. The <laughs> I always felt like they were good sequels to the first one. I guess I have to watch them to see if they have similar stereotypical uh stuff like that or yeah you know what i mean but um you know back on back on track getting over the um how 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 bad was the intro with um with carter when he's shooting at the car in the in the in the lane and there are so many i don't think a a real cop would do that do you Shoot no, at, but I, <laughs> I had to, I, see, I, had I think to that's pause. to present him as being clumsy and him trying to 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 go too far to live up to his dad's represent, representation, which you find out later. He, you know what's funny? Like, is he's kind of dressed dressed like uh, Shaft in the beginning. Did you get it like a uh, Blade vibe from him too? I did kind of. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was kind of <laughs> like. If that's just his character saying he's going to dress up like that in a way, you know? I, I also, that's funny you mentioned about what he's wearing because fashion in this, in this movie was pretty great. How uh, most of the suits weren't really tailored. They were kind of big. And yeah. I thought this, it's just really funny of how fashion has changed in 20 years. Apparently one of Chris Tucker's lines, um, which one of you all hit me? 
uh, apparently is a line from the samurai, the Seven Samurai movie. Okay. Where um, the drunk the samurai bl- gets hit in the head with a stick, and he says, "Which one of y'all? Which one of you hit me?" I guess that kind of came from that. I definitely think, though, um, this is like fifty times better than most of the type of movies we see today. Like, I, I don't think Ride Along is any is is good. I I'm just gonna throw it out there. It definitely I don't was think, funny. It's funny, yeah. It's just it's. I don't know. It's it's not put together well as you know what I mean? I don't know. It it like 21 Jump Street, I think it's better than that. 21 Jump Street I think is funnier than 22 Jump Street. I think 22 Jump Street's too much forced comedy and I mean it's a little silly. You know, those movies are silly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're trying to live off of the whole you know, buddy cop thing like like Rush Hour did, but I don't see it as entertaining yeah or as uh cinematically or theatrical looking i think the best thing is about this is that it's most of the most of the everything that happens in this movie is very personal and happens at a like almost arm's length away so there's no there's no crazy cgi except for maybe the scene where like he's he's doing the hans gruber at the end that's basically the only cgi scene in the entire movie yeah, and it's it's basically just a green screen and all that, because that's that's the best thing about Jackie Chan's movies. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of a lot of fluff, you know. It's not a lot of computer. It's and I think uh, Jackie Chan takes a lot of uh, what he learned when he was a kid from you know the Bruce Lee movies that he saw that he was in and his his movies when he first started. It's it's all personal, and that's his that's his that's his feng shui. Uh, I think. The character introductions, I thought the character introductions were perfect mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, I can kind of see how it is a little stereotypical, but it, it, like, if you watch, I feel like the beginning is like that Chinese action movie in a way. And then, like, the second part with Chris Tucker is just kind of like a spoof of Shaft almost. Um, who's that? Who's that? Was that Chris Penn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Chris. No, it's Chris. Chris Penn's brother. Is it Chris Penn? Yeah, Sean Penn's brother. Yeah. Man, it's that's a face you don't see, and that's a face I haven't seen in a while. That's because he. I think he. I think he died. Yeah, he, he he passed away. But uh, he he's such a great little part in the in the yeah in the in the movie that he doesn't take any of uh, Chris Tucker's shit. He doesn't take any of it. He doesn't, um, he, he compliments that part that the two parts he's in kind of well, I think. Yeah. Cause he, cause he's the straight man. He's the one that has to keep a straight face while Chris Tucker is spouting all this nonsense. And it, it's, I think that's so, what's so funny about the scene is he's not giving in to Chris Tucker. He's like, oh man, it's all right, man. It's all right that you're late. No, he's, he's like, no, this is serious and you need to be serious. And Chris Tucker's not having any of that. Yeah. Um, the only negatives I would feel like in this movie are maybe some of the soundtrack in certain moments, like it does sound corny and dated, but, um, there's a lot of parts where the, where the music is a positive for me. Yeah, I would have to agree. The, um, the music was definitely a plus. 
the I like the honk, the uh, Chinese inspired gongs and um and drums and all that, and I I think that fits the movie. The only the only part I would say would be over the top would be the gong part where Jackie Chan finally speaks English. It's that's pretty. That's like the most slapstick part in the entire movie. It's basically yeah. like a, it's like a Three Stooges part, honestly. You know, I feel like he almost stops making like making those jokes towards him once he understand once he knows he speaks English. Oh, I think it still goes on. Really? I don't know. I have a whole other day to watch the movie again. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it right now too. Um, I, I did think though Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker had excellent chemistry together. Like they definitely do. I hope that they're pretty friendly in real life. That would make my day. Well, didn't he? Um, didn't Chris Tucker present that Academy Lifetime Academy Award thing to him? That's pretty amazing. It's I just, I feel like for the movie, it's the perfect partnership. Definitely for definitely, the times, you know, that for the time. I I didn't know that um. I didn't know that some people actually believe this could be a remake of a movie called Red Heat. We might have to watch Red Heat. We might have. I, maybe I should have watched Red Heat. Dude, it's nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, the thing is though that most movies are just they're taken from other movies. So what truly is an original idea? So, I mean, this movie could have parts of different other movies and other movies like that. But is this, is Red Heat truly like Rush Hour? We'll find out. Well, I mean, we'll find out when we see Red Heat. Do you have any... Um, I guess the only other questions I wanted to ask you is, um, what are some of your favorite lines in the movie that weren't oh. uh, totally stere- like stereotypical? Uh, Jun Tao. Jun Tao. Jun Tao. I, I love that line. Um, I, probably one of my favorite scenes is uh, push the button and the, when the little girl's repeating them. I think those, that line always gets me. Here we go. This is going to be a, an avalanche. Um, wipe yourself off. You're dead. I'm actually right at that part right now, right when Chris Tucker throws the handkerchief on him. He goes, wipe yourself off, man. You dead. That's that's, we, yeah, it's funny because earlier the guy says line. to him, wipe yourself off. You're bleeding. You're bleeding. Um, there's just so many good lines. Um, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's a classic. That seems to be what the, what the go-to is. And I... And I bet you Chris Tucker gets that yelled at him all the time, or Jackie Chan gets that yelled at him all the time. Uh, I hope not. My all, all-time favorite line would have to be the, the button, or I think, yeah, I, I definitely, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know what my favorite line is. What's your favorite line? Why don't you take that badge, shut up your ass. <laughs> 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 what about you, Mara? Uh, favorite line wise, I do, I do really like. Um, I like when Chris Tucker walks in that room at that bar where he sees he was meeting his cousin, and he says, <laughs> he says, "Sit down, MC Hammer's dad." <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> Sit down, MC MC Hammer, daddy. Yeah, something like that. He says, "Oh yeah, my yeah, god." Yeah. It's so hilarious. Um, you know, I thought that guy was Charlie Murphy at first. The best is they <laughs> zoom in on him, too, and he's got the straightest face. <laughs> makes it even better. <laughs> um, a lot of... I, I like the... 
would you like fives with that when he's like 50, 50 million in, or 30 million and fi- yeah. 50 or whatever? Um, who you think you could have? Chelsea Clinton? Who you, who you, who you, your 50 million dollars. Um, who you think you got? <laughs> it's because he doesn't understand who that guy is, you know? So he's like comparing it to the president's daughter. Yeah. Um, uh, what? That's another good one. I like. I kind of. I like some of the ones you like too. I do like the wipe yourself off. You dead because it's it's so it's so it good. fits so well to what the guy said to him earlier. You know, it's such a good re- like revenge line. Even though the guy the guy doesn't hear it, it's great closure because for the audience anyway. Because it's such it's such a great one liner like that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that's I'm I can't even think about right now. Where all the whole movie is just one-liners. I can't think of it. Mark. That's a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. No, the the main one. Total Recall. No. He has a so, lot of um, Predator. No, it's all the movie is is I'll kill you last. Oh, um, Commando. Command. Yeah, I couldn't even think about it. Ah, uh, it, it's. I can't even think about it. It's it's such a great witty one-liner. And, and I'm glad that I love the little sparring between the two. And I'm glad it was Chris Tucker that got to finish him off. I think it really fits the movie well. It's such a good, it's such a good scene. It's, it's easily one of the top five scenes in the movie. For me, anyway. Um, what's one, what's, what, speaking of scenes, what's uh, one of your favorite scenes of the movie? Or favorite? Favorite scene would have to be when... Um, that uh, there's this one scene where Jackie Chan kicks this gold-plated um, stand at a guy's t- face, and I think it's the hardest-hitting scene in the entire movie, and I always cringe because I think you do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the golden stand that holds those red things at like movie theaters, and he like flips it in his foot and it kicks at the guy oh, yeah. and comes up. You didn't and know that comes scene was added after the movie? I did not know that because apparently. When they did it with test audiences, they wanted more Jackie Chan action, and so they reshot uh, some of the some. They added more fight stuff with him. I think it was the vase scene. That scene right there is what they added, which is cool because I, uh, I like that part where he's like he keeps trying to catch the vase and make sure they don't break, and then the one gets shot anyway. I think. I think the end with them two in the the plane might be a great scene for me because it's it's like a role reversal type thing where it's it's um, Jackie Chan acting crazy or um he's he's acting out of character to annoy Tucker. Yeah, and I think it's so fantastic because he's like, it, "I'll show you fun. my hood," which is yeah, I'll, sh- very I'll show you my hood as well. And then he and then he sings the song at him. It's very silly of his character, yeah. and it's it's like it's a role reversal. Much I like that part a lot. The any fight scene with Jackie Chan is is spectacular. The they're all good. Um, I think I think my personal favorite scene though has to be. The uh, when they both sing the song and walk away to it with their arms in the air. Oh, when oh, when they're um, about to go get Chinese food. Yeah, I, that's a I pretty think that that that's a pretty is good scene. The most iconic scene in the whole movie for me, honestly. Really, 
it's just such a the, the kind of bond there, you know, and and that song is just awesome and it's cool that you know that Jackie Chan kind of loves like older stuff like he likes Beach Boys and then you know Chris Tucker turns it off he's like that's not real music and then <laughs> you know and then they play that song and um he's like you all and he's like no it's y'all man it's y'all and then I don't know the whole scene is just I love the whole scene I think that's one of, that's my favorite scene personally out of the whole movie I think I think my favorite scene might be the restaurant scene when they're when they're joining hands and attacking the other guys. Yeah. And Chris Tucker says, which one of y'all hit me? And uh, I think that might be my favorite scene because it's, yeah, it's they a wonderful to, you, scene. You see, that's when they yeah. first significantly work together and they, they yeah. work together pretty well. And those bloopers, man, they're, they're just by and far, they might be funnier than the movie sometimes. The best is when he's, he's trying to say uh, Shishini and... Yeah, and uh, Jackie Chan's like, see, now you know how I feel. It's not so easy. And he's like, now you know how I, how I feel with English. It's, oh, my God. It's, it's, it's in, uh, and Chris Tucker's like, come, it, it's, I don't know. You can see that they, they were having fun there. It's, it's certainly a buddy cop for the ages. And I, I, it's, I think it might be my, my favorite buddy cop film of all time. So, do you have any final summary about this? Um, in terms of the racial stereotypes that I'm, I'm just now noticing, which is ridiculous to think about because I've seen this movie so many times, uh, I, I think nowadays, 2017, I think we're finally past that. I don't think you can base a movie on those stereotypes anymore. I don't think this movie would have worked being released today I think I think we can we can move beyond this those stereotypes now. I mean, there's a reason why they exist, but I I think we can we now can make movies without them that are just as good. So, but this is a movie of its time. This is 20 years ago almost. Yeah. And 20 years ago a lot of things have happened culturally. So, I understand. It did not hinder me from enjoying this movie still because most of that stuff happens within the first the first 45 minutes of the movie it, it's before it's it's and it's funny because it, it it leads up to them you know start to bond and understand each other in a way which mm-hmm. i'm not saying people who don't understand each other aren't you know that does that's not like the whole how to explain racism is, is we just don't understand each other yeah in a way because people are jerks and you know there are terrible people out there i'm just saying i in a way i personally feel like it's a representation of the 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 culture and how how we treat how america treats foreigners and and it's it's fitting that it's jackie chan's first american movie and then for him to actually you know to bond with an american and then you know them have such great chemistry and then later in the movie you know they they start to actually connect and they learn about each other and it just it it's it just seems like a whole medical metal a metaphorical just representation of how you know you can get over that even though after that there's still some uh lines that are not uh not that great but yeah I I love the fact that this movie features two minorities as the lead role, and I think that's a very it's very strong because 
the this was not this was un almost unheard of in 1998 for a black and a Chinese man to lead a movie, and I think this movie stands. I think it does stand the test of time. I it, we've without all the stereotypes, it it's still a legitimate good movie. It's a legitimate action movie. It's a legitimate you know riveting. It's not I wouldn't say riveting, but it's definitely. It's a capturing story. I mean, I was, I was captured from the get-go. I want the consulate to get his daughter back. I want to see Carter and Lee. I want them to, to succeed while failing every single time. You know, you feel for these characters. You, you start to like the idiosyncrasies of Carter and how crazy it is, but how it sometimes works to his advantage. And you get to see how stoic Lee is, and you get to see how it works to his advantage and how he keeps his cool and how Tucker doesn't really keep his cool. He's 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 150% 150% of the time and it how their dynamic works is it's a pretty great dynamic that you I mean you kind of see a lot in other uh buddy cop movies it's just it's theirs is a lot more fun at, to it and I think that's what makes this movie really work is there's a funness to it and I yeah. that's what makes me enjoy this movie so much is the fun Um I I have to agree with you there um I guess how we're going to end this now is I, I kind of want to, I, I wanted to sit up, I don't want to just blatantly give a grade to a, you know, a movie that's been out. I feel like that's did kind you, of. Did you have any last words, Mario, or did you just. Um, I, your... I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. This movie is just, it's so iconic and it's so mm -hmm. memorable to me. I think it's classic. Um, you want to, you want to know a brought... really funny. Oh, go ahead. What's up? Go ahead. I want you to finish your I thoughts. I think it kind of brought, uh, it, it kind of revolutionized bringing um kind of like foreign foreign movies and uh over here because I, I think it 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 made jackie chan more of a star in americans eyes you know and mm -hmm. it, it brought us to you know look back on some of his movies like drunken master and you know rumble in the bronx and you know stuff like that it you know and i i think it may i don't know you, you know what i'm saying like it kind of it kind of opened us a whole new generation to um like Chinese movies and and like uh just overseas movies I guess I could say the only the only problem I see is that this movie and the subsequent movies afterwards kind of typecasted Jackie Chan as the the goofy kung fu guy and yeah. in Ch and in China he's much much more than that he does he does a lot of serious dramatic roles in China and he actually I think he does pretty well in those movies. He, Jackie Chan has a dramatic range to him that I don't think a lot yeah. of people know because they just know about, you know, they know about Rush Hour. They know about Rumble in the Bronx, Drunken Master. They don't really see the true karate Jackie kid. Chan. Yeah, the Karate Kid, man. He was I good in I that. Think, yeah, he, if you want to see some good Jackie Chan movies, you, you know, you could start by, I think, I do believe Netflix has a ton of Jackie Chan movies. or the, yeah. Like police story and all that. There's a newer one on there. I just saw it's from I think it's from last year. He's kind of like it looks like he's like a general in like uh the old like an ancient uh Chinese dynasty type of thing. It looks like. And um it's in my list. I I love kung fu movies and I love Jackie Chan, so uh you know, I love Jet Li or I love Donnie Yen. So anytime they're in a movie and it's on Netflix, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, the It Man series, and then Jet Li in the Hero, and any Jet Li movie, really. 
It's they're all they're all just dang good. That's true. All, there's um, one scene I wanted to t- talk to you about for like oh, two seconds, ahead. and it's the part where the FBI, when Jackie Chan goes to the mansion, and then you see the the FBI guys get taken down, and then they all scramble outside. Did you see those two guys running with those big giant rifles to the front? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, okay. I think if you still rented the movie, you still have it. So go back yeah. to that scene when they're, they're like, there's like five guys running outside to the front of the gate, and like two of the guys in the crowd have these huge high-powered rifles. I'm talking almost bigger than them, and they're running with them, and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> go, go take a look. It's pretty funny. Like, these, these huge rifles, there's, like, no way you're going to be able to maneuver or be agile with this thing. And they, another scene has one guy, there, and it's, like, a back picture of the backyard, and it has one guy with a, like, a submachine gun and the other guy with another high-powered rifle, and he just, they walk inside the building. I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to move around with that, that big old gun. I mean, probably, you know, fake. They're props. But, uh, so what I was saying, so for the last two parts, I kind of want to, um, I guess try something new for take two. Cause as I was saying before, you're like, I don't think we should grade a movie that's been out, uh, you know, um, especially with you rewatching it, it's, it's kind of redundant in a way I feel like. Um, so, you know, like we did with kind of Dark Knight Rises, we I think we kind of were like, are we high on it now or are we still kind of low on it? Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I kind of wanted to ask if. If this is a part of your collection, or if it will be, if you don't have it, and uh, how's the rewatch value? So, Chris Hawk, is this a part of your collection? This actually is a part of my collection. Uh, I I own few movies because I'm I'm pretty picky about what I buy, and also I'm kind of slow on the uptake of DVD, Blu-ray, and then the next big thing because I know there's another thing coming out, and it's what it's 4K now. Yeah, DVD, Ultra Blu-ray, HD. 4K. It's it's ridiculous. I can't keep track of all that. But this this is one of those movies that's a definite a definite uh collection part of my collection. And rewatchability, I if we're going to go from low to high, I think this has one of the highest watchabilities because it's 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 a simple it's a simple movie. It's not really complex and it's very flashy, but it does have a lot of heart to it. So I think the rewatchability is high because mm-hmm. it's quotable. It's quotable. It's I think it's it makes me laugh all the time, even though I know what's going to happen. And it the action set pieces are just wonderful to watch because you see something new Jackie Chan does all the time. I I mean I would I, if we go from low to high for watchability, I think high, very high, would be for very 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 high for a rush hour. All right. This is uh, not a part of my collection, but definitely after my rewatch, I think I'm going to buy the trilogy. Mm-hmm. There's like a trilogy set out. Because um, I do now want to rewatch the, the next two to see if there's those, um, to see the, you know, the stereotypes and yeah, yeah, to yeah. see if it, if it, if, if that is more present than I originally remember, you know. Um. And I do think the rewatchability is uh is high on this as well. I think I could rewatch this um not all the you know, obviously not every night, but I can definitely watch this I, I think it's I think it's high, I guess. I'm just gonna say it's I mean it might, yeah. Definitely. I right after I finished the movie, I basically watched it again, so Yeah. High, man. It's a high. High. <laughs> 
So um, that was our uh, our take two on uh, Rush Hour. Um, hope you guys enjoyed us uh, talking about the movie. And uh, now I'm going to pass it to John Kenoki, who's actually been waiting for us to add in his discussion or his thoughts on Rush Hour. So uh, check that out, and then we'll Chris Hawk will send it away, and then during the credits, don't go anywhere, because John Kanoki will also be back to explain our episodes and some of the stuff we got going on at Cinema 7. So, John, what did you think of Rush Hour? Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is John Kanoki with uh, Cinema 7. I know uh, Chris Hawk and Mario have been talking to you about Rush Hour. Uh, I'm going to give my take here and just... Uh, you know, talk a little bit about it, what I thought. I unfortunately couldn't be a part of the actual podcast, so I decided to record this little excerpt, and uh, they'll insert it, and it will totally sound natural. That's why I'm doing an introduction. You won't know I wasn't there. Like, I mean, Chris Hawk, why are you saying that? <laughs> what, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually there. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so, Rush Hour, 1998, Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. Classic. I'd honestly say that this movie is something I've easily seen a ton of times, but never really think about. Um, I do think that it was received really well. I mean, if you go back and look at the online ratings now, obviously those are, those are all, you know, posthumous. Uh, after the movie's, you know, big run has died down, um, because the internet wasn't a big thing in 1998. It wasn't something people did. But, uh, I know for a fact, Rush Hour's movie people rented at Blockbuster. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the other video stores. It was, uh, it was hugely popular with audiences. Uh, it was something, you know, akin to The Mummy, and how people remember that fondly. Except it lives up to the hype when you rewatch it. I do think that the uh, the movie does have uh, a bit of datedness to it. Uh, you do have a few scenes where you can you know clearly tell this is this is late nineties, this is early two thousands. But uh, I think it holds up. I think it's you know a great buddy cop movie. It does exactly what it sets out to do, and it's uh, done really well. Um, I think the the ratings reflect that. 60% Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, the user score is higher, I think, 71 or something. Um, I know that Chris Hawk and Mario mention uh, a bit of, uh, I wouldn't say racist, but uh, racial undertones in the movie. Uh, they do make a few race-oriented jokes, but I think that's a part of the movie. I think that's, you know, where the movie's at where they're at in the movie, and I don't think it's intentionally that way. I think it makes sense for the the time frame and the cultures involved. I don't specifically see anything uh, offensive and or um, lacking in subtlety. I think, it, I think it makes sense. I think it fits the movie, and some of those jokes are pretty funny for everyone. I mean, plenty of people have laughed at those jokes over the years, so... Nothing out of the ordinary. I do think the movie uh, definitely perpetuated and uh, you know fueled Jackie Chan's career here in the United States. You know, it kind of brought him to light in terms of 
um, big budget movies and, you know, Americans really getting on board with what he had to, you know, sell himself, doing all his own stunts, you know, being that stand-up guy. He's basically himself in the movie, you know, he's, he's the character he's, he's, he is real life Jackie Chan in a movie. And it's great. You know, I'm glad that he had this opportunity because he had done plenty of stuff, you know, before this, starting like 1975. And the fact that, you know, this movie went on to make two more sequels with Jackie Chan involved, like, the man loves what he does. So I'm glad that, you know, we got this to experience him because, I mean, that'd be a loss if we never had. Do you think, um, rewatching the movie specifically for the podcast kind of takes away from it? I won't say that I, you know, I disliked it, but I think because it was more like a deadline type thing, you know, watch this to review it on the podcast. I honestly feel like that took away from the movie. I think this is one of those movies that you can't just sit down and force yourself to, you know, watch. It's something you got to be in the mood for. It's something you can just, you know, throw on if it's on TV or you're like, oh, well, let's throw back, you know, 1998. Let's watch that. It's it's definitely something you can have on and enjoy, but not something you should force yourself to watch if you're not feeling it. Because it's kind of like, especially when we do these with the podcast, it's like, I've seen this before and now I got to redo it. But at the same time, I'm looking at different elements and critiquing it harder than I originally did, which, I mean, isn't always fun and kind of ruins the movie at parts. Uh, it does take it away. And I mean, I'll throw back to The Mummy again, just because I just recently watched that. And that's very similar, 1999. I, I tried to watch it to use it to compare on our Mummy episode, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't bring myself to you know go through it because... I knew why I was doing it. it wasn't really because I wanted to, because I felt I needed to to compare it to the new version. I will say it was very boring, and I, I know I couldn't get through it. I don't know that I could watch it again, uh, but I might be able to have it on in the background while I'm doing something else. And I think that's you know that's still considered to be a good movie. Um, I think. You know, it, this movie, however, Rush Hour, still holds up. I think it's still worth watching, especially if you've never seen it. It's definitely worth it. I mean, you're going to get some dated things, but if you can't appreciate those, then I don't know you can appreciate any older movies. So, I mean, that's on you. Let's be honest here. Like Chris Hawk would agree. I, I know we already did. Um, I'd say that it, it holds up pretty greatly. In terms of the buddy cop, um, you know, two guys taking down crime, you know, kind of not really meant to be together, but working it out in the end, and, you know, two opposites attract and all that. I think when they flip the script in the second one, I think it especially works, even though the first one's better. Obviously, I'm not going to dispute that. I think the second one made more sense in terms of the plot as Chris Rock, Chris Rock, Chris Tucker was taken out as that uh, elephant and thrown into, you know, China, which was way worse than Jackie Chan being in America, considering he's already kind of Americanized, which is, you know, not that, not that different. It's not like, you know, Bruce Lee coming to America. It's not something like that. It's not as drastic as we think. I do think that, uh, 
this isn't a movie you necessarily need to own. But I think that, you know, if it's in the $5 bin at Walmart, you you could pick it up. It, it'd be worth the buy. I don't know that I would have ever bought it when it came out on, like, VHS and stuff. But I'm not a huge movie person. I don't buy a lot of movies. I think that, uh, I mean, for me to buy a movie, it really has to be on sale. Or it has to be something, like, I loved. Or I'm giving it as a gift. I mean, honestly... Half of my movie collection is gifts, so I don't know that this would ever made it there unless, like, Mario gave it to me, which, Mario, I could easily see you doing. I'm gonna buy it for you now. I mean, and honestly, I'm half my movie collection is anime, so. But overall, I do think that the, uh, the movie is rewatchable. I think it's almost rewatchable almost every time you see it. I don't think it's something you can't not put on, but like I said, you can't force yourself to watch it if you've seen it before. I don't think that's something you should try to do. I don't think you should, you know, listen to this podcast and go in and try to rewatch the movie and to see what we're talking about. No, but I mean, if you if you have it on or you see it on ever or you're just looking for something to watch and you know it's a selection, throw it on. See what you think. See if, you know, you agree with our opinions that, you know, it it calls back to some things, you know, makes you think about those that that 90s culture that you miss so much. Unless you're, you know, a millennial didn't experience that born in 2001 you probably missed the movie never seen it then you should go watch it uh but yeah i'm john knoki and uh this is cinema 7 i don't know where they're inserting me here but i'm just gonna act like uh i'm part of the podcast here to end it so uh <laughs> chris hawk you're ridiculous i don't understand mario no i just what what are you talking about this was take two um i'm gonna have a thing at the end uh, where John Kanuki is going to explain uh, all the episodes we have, kind of like a Cinema 7 promotional thing for ourselves. Uh, he's going to talk about our patron page. He's going to talk about the newsletter we have. Um, and we're definitely going to add him in once he once we uh, get his um, his thoughts on the movie somewhere in here. Definitely, 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 definitely. So uh, we'll see you guys later. Chris Hawk, if you want to take it away and send it, send it off. I do. Uh, we at Cinema 7 want to thank you always for listening with us for watching with us for exploring with us Hey, this is John Kenoki with Cinema 7, a entertainment slash gaming slash uh, all around media podcast. Um, just coming at you to give you a, a little bit about what we do and what we've got going on. Uh, we do a couple different episodes. Uh, we have an hour take episode. We discuss movie news, what movie we just saw, our opinion on it. Um, we've recently done Wonder Woman, The Mummy, uh, other things coming up. Uh, we do pitch it or fix it. We pitch a movie. For instance, we've done a Venom, Mace Windu movie. Or we fix a movie. We plan to fix movies that we thought could have been better or had potential. We do gaming episodes about the various gaming things going on in uh, that realm of media. We do Fire and Ice specials where uh, my co-hosts, Chris Hawk and Mari Bakari, uh, disagree on something. So they debate it out on air on podcast while I moderate and hopefully they don't kill each other in front of me. Uh, we do also do Overdue, 
um, those movies that everybody says you should have seen that we haven't seen. Um, if you haven't seen The Godfather, you should have seen it. So we're going to talk about it because we haven't seen it either, for instance. And we do take twos where we take a second look at movies that we initially didn't like or didn't think were that great. And we just see if maybe it got better. Maybe it holds up. Uh, we just, you know, see what's going on there. Uh, but you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Cinema 7, you can find us. Uh, Twitter, Cinema 7 Podcast underscore podcast you can uh, find us on patreon cinema 7 it's easily searchable we have plenty of reward tiers you donate us a dollar i'll mention your name on the podcast even if you don't listen to it uh we're on every other social media instagram facebook gmail google i google cast we're there so just uh, give us a listen maybe you like it maybe you don't subscribe to our newsletter or don't That's up to you. Uh, But thanks. Thanks for listening.